Welcome to Career Tools. Our guidance on how to read the Wall Street Journal, part one. If you're thinking about interviewing anytime soon, now's the time to start preparing. Interviewing is not about smarts, it's not about personality, it's all about preparation in the modern age, as more and more companies use more and more tools to separate the wheat from the chaff. Our interviewing series is over 50 podcasts that go through in detail every step of the interview, how to prepare, how to dress, resumes, cover letters, how to chit-chat, how to answer, tell me about yourself and your leadership style and significant accomplishments with repeated examples, how to close, how to ask questions, how to follow up, everything in enormous detail because we know interviewing for most people is a black box. Come and check it out. So, Wendy, we've been talking about the Wall Street Journal ever since probably one of the very first casts nearly 11 years ago. We mention it frequently. Um, it's my favorite paper in the world. It may not be the best paper in the world, but it's my favorite. Depends on how you judge best, right? Yeah. It's hard to argue with the London Times. It's hard to argue with Le Monde. It's hard to argue with um, the New York Times. Well, no, it's not hard to argue with some of them, but they're all fantastic papers. On the other hand, if you're only going to read one newspaper a day, we recommend for the business professionals of the world, the Wall Street Journal. And we want to talk in this cast about the how and the why, both, right? Yes. Because there are some sections you just don't need to read. And if the size of the paper and the amount of reading you'd have to do are turning you off, you're like us. We'd like you to avoid our mistakes. Indeed. And also, I think knowing the why helps people make a judgment about which pieces apply to them. Absolutely true. Good. We're going to talk first about getting to know the paper, at least understanding the sections and which pieces that you need to read. Then we're going to talk about the bits you do need to read, the bits you don't need to read, and what to keep in mind while you're reading. Yeah, it just occurred to me that there are probably some people who are listening going, okay, I listen to Career Tools, I like it, but pretty sure I'm not going to read the journal. If you're that person, that's okay. We'd love for you to listen. We'd love to try to convince you that it's a good idea. And yet, if you're in an unusual position or you're in an academic role or government role and you don't think there's any relationship, we would disagree because it's a great newspaper separate from it's not just business. On the other hand, um, if you choose not to, we would understand that. And then we would say in 10 years when you're an executive and you discover you really have to read it, just send us a mail and say, you know, I wish I would have listened 10 years ago. <laughs> we like those. Yeah. Okay. So the first thing we want to talk about is just explaining the structure a little bit. We don't want to spend too long here because that's not actionable guidance, but nevertheless, overall, let's talk about structure. So if you copy, pick up a copy of the printed newspaper, you'll find that it's in three or more sections. So the usual sections are cunningly named A, B, and C. And then sometimes there's an, a supplement of some kind, something special, and those are, have a different letter. So the app and the browser don't have that separation, just the printed version. And then in each section, there's a bunch of subsections. And the most important ones to the people listening are the US news, the world news, business and tech, and technology. And those are all in the printed version. If you have the app, you go to the, the hamburger, the three lines 
one underneath each other. I still laugh every time people call that the hamburger. I know. It still doesn't look like a hamburger, but... It, it, I, once you tell people it's a hamburger, you say oh, the hamburger, and then you explain it like, oh, yeah, I can see that. And that's true on so many apps now. It's becoming a standard icon to help get you back to sections and separations between um, various parts of various apps and so on. Yeah. So that's how you get to the, the subsections on the app. And if you're looking at the Wall Street Journal on a browser, the sections are horizontally right underneath the main title. So where it says the Wall Street Journal in big letters, it's right underneath there. Obviously, the newspaper has a front page, the printed version. On the app, that's called page one. Yeah, and for the record, in Wall Street Journal, they, they don't call it the front page. They call it page one. And I think that's fairly standard at newspapers. They don't, they don't refer to it as the front page. Magazines might um, cover. Of course, they have covers. But page one is generally, I believe, newspaper person talk. Um, in fact, I can remember people telling me, I don't think anybody's ever said, oh, it's on the front page of the journal. They said it's on page one. Oh, well, if you're like me and you thought it was called the front page, yeah. it's called page one on the app. And it's the home page on the browser version. So as soon as you go to wsj.com, that's what comes up. And that's where all the main stories are, the big news that's general, i.e. Yes. not specifically business. So politics and accidents and disasters and I wish there was some happy news, but there usually isn't. And anytime there's a there's a link to business, the Wall Street Journal will write the article that way. So for example, instance when I looked I know yesterday, a few days ago, there was um an inquiry going on into a train crash. And the Wall Street Journal includes stuff about how much it costs to rescue the train and how much it costs in revenue and that kind of thing. And the impact on the owners of the train or the municipality lost revenue, those kinds of things, which other major newspapers probably wouldn't. Exactly. Uh, but I think what's important, I, I think you've just hinted at something that will surprise a lot of people, probably should have said it earlier in this cast. If you're thinking the Wall Street Journal is a business newspaper, you are mistaken. It is the number one most widely accepted newspaper of choice. In fact, I get to say it again for the thousandth time in my life. In the business world, particularly actually in the finance world, there is a saying. And the saying is, if it's not in the journal, it didn't happen. Which is a bass backwards way of saying the journal covers everything that's important. But what most pe many people don't understand, because... They grew up without the journal. They grew up with a local paper or a national paper. Um, heaven forbid you're in the States and it was USA Today. That's not actually a paper. It's a mistake. It's just a mistake. I'm sorry. It's not a bit like the sun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, not it's, a it's just horrible. Scotty. Anyway, it's just horrible. Well, if you like the USA Today, remember that a USA Today editor once said that um, we assume that the people who are reading us um, got through the fourth grade. I mean, that's a USA Today editor. So come on, I'm just repeating it. What most people don't know is the Wall Street Journal is a fantastic newspaper and it covers business news most deeply, most broadly, and so on. You can get all the news you need to know about the world that you're living in. And particularly with, say, the European version or the Asian version of the Wall Street Journal, you can get national news even local news about Paris or London or Berlin or Rome, 
Barcelona, Hong Kong, uh, Singapore, so on. You can get all that. It is a newspaper. Um, and then its specialty is business. And I just think a lot of people don't understand that. They, they just miss it. And also on the front page, there is this handy list. It's down the left-hand side of the printed version and on the website and also on the app. And it's called What's News? And basically, it's like a little paragraph summarizing the stories that are further on in the newspaper. So there'll be like a headline and one-sentence description. And if you're on an app or a browser, you just click it and it takes you to that longer piece of article and if you're on the paper it gives you a location so it's all like b3 and you know that that's where to go so you can look down that and if you've only got 10 minutes you can look down that and see if any of those articles that they're calling out are something to do with you your company your industry something interesting yeah i generally have have kind of ignored what's news because my approach was not to assume that they would know they're, they're making judgment calls, but rather I assumed that I was going to look at virtually every article, at least at a high level. I can read, you know, when I had the print version, I would read virtually every headline. And in many cases, the first paragraph, particularly in the news section. And when I read it on my iPad, when I read it on my phone, which I much prefer, by the way, to the printed version, I don't get the printed version anymore. We don't recommend the printed version, actually. I mean, we do. If that's the way you can get it, uh, we encourage you to get it, and it will be a day late because of distribution in many, many places, but you can get it. And we respect that you may like the tactile feel of reading a newspaper, and that's great, and it does cost us some trees. That said, I never, even on the app today, which I love on the iPad, and it struggled for a long time to get it right. The journal had a horrible app. It was great, at least in theory, and oh, it was horrible. You, I, it was just almost unusable at times, um, but now they've got it right. We're recording this in early 2016, but when I look at the app, I really don't look at what's news. There are thousands of people who will tell you, no, it's definitely what's news. I go there first, I check for things and so on. Mm -hmm. And it's been my experience that that's if you only want to pick and choose 15 articles out of the entire paper that day. I don't see it that way. I feel that one of my responsibilities as a consumer of news, and folks, we recommend this as well. I was taught this and learned it, and and now we're recommending it more broadly than just me doing it, which is, as a citizen of the world, you need to know what's going on. You need to understand, certainly if you're a manager, and dear gosh, if you're thinking of, if you're an executive, you have an obligation to understand much more of the outside world than probably the vast majority of the emails that you get would suggest. And so, therefore, reading more broadly, reading more of the paper at a higher level rather than thinking you have to read every single article would be the way to go. What's news? Many people use it. The majority of people in the, that read the paper, I think, use it. I don't simply because I expect to spend more time with the paper and know more about what's going on. So, therefore, I don't need the journal to point me to certain articles particularly since there's probably a little bit of a bent. There's two columns in what new, what's news, as I recall. There's news, the world, and, and then there's also business and finance. And I generally find that if I go through the entire paper, I get to choose what's news for me. Mm -hmm. um, and 
I often agree with them because big stories are big stories, regardless of your approach to reading the paper. But if you're looking for the paper to help you know what's important, what's news is great. If you're thinking about scanning more broadly, which we recommend, and making sure you read most of the headlines while also delving into those things that you believe particularly affect you in the short term or long term, then um, you don't need to use what's news as much. Okay. Can I mention one more thing about structure? You can. There is a a part of the Wall Street Journal. uh, It has changed enormously over the years, and I was, I've been in favor of virtually all the changes except the change which put ads on the front page, which makes me a bit of a dinosaur because the ads on the front page, I mean, if you look at papers from 75 years, 100 years ago, uh, they had ads on the front page, and they haven't lately as a matter of protecting their editorial independence, if you will. But all papers are still business entities and need to make revenue. And they part of that is from advertising, of course. But one of the things that has always been true of the Wall Street Journal is something known as the A-head. And it's spelled A-H-E-D, not H-E-A-D. It was the middle column of the, of the paper. And it's called the A-head in part because of the graphics around the headline form a square A, if you look carefully at the paper version. And it's always intended to be a humorous take. And it's always always on the front page. I mean, 99% of the time extends into the somewhere else later in the front section of the paper. And it's a humorous take on all kinds of things. A video that went viral or somebody had something funny that happened to them or whatever. And I encourage you to read the A-Head as well. It's not something most people know about. And frankly, most people don't know that the, the A-Head is called the A-Head. It's just that center column that's often funny. It's so popular uh, for the people who read the paper regularly. There's actually a book, and I can't remember the name of the book right now. It'll come to me during the course of this guidance, but um, there's a book where the editor, the front page editor, compiled many of the stories on the A-head as a humorous take on life. And if nothing else, read the A-head. It's often very good. I think that's unique in all of the papers that I've ever seen. I don't ever remember humor on the front page from any others. Yeah, I'm reminded. When I was at West Point, um, there was an article in the New York Times who were not fans of West Point and military and so on at the time. This was in the late 70s, early 80s. There was an article about how cadets were humorless. And to be honest, we were. We were sort of junior soldiers, and it was not fun. I hated virtually every day I was there. Glad I did it. And it was not like college. It was not supposed to be at all like college. It was supposed to be miserable, and it was. And I remember very clearly, we had to read the New York Times every day in order to know what was going on in the world. Not the journal, but the Times. And many people would say the Times is a superior paper, broader, deeper, and so on, and I wouldn't argue that. That said, the joke at West Point at the time, not that anybody would think we had any ability to make jokes, was that... We find it amusing that the New York Times is calling us humorless, and they're the only paper we can think of that doesn't have a comic section. And I always thought that the Wall Street Journal's attempt at a comic section was the A-head. So, yeah, it is unusual, and it's well-written. There's actually a great many submissions for it from writers, and it's a, it's a big thing to be a writer at the Journal and to be printed in the A-head. And it's good, so I encourage it. And... Frankly, the world's often a dismal place, as Wendy alluded to earlier, so a little bit of humor wouldn't hurt you. Indeed. Okay, so now we've gone over the structure and help, hopefully everybody is either 
has it in their head roughly or has looked at the app or whatever so that they can relate to what we're talking about. And now we're going to talk about which bits we do recommend you read. So we recommend that you read all the four main sections. So that's the US news, the world news, business and tech, and technology. So the first bit, the US news clearly covers the US news. Let's be clear. I don't don't think somebody in Singapore um, necessarily needs to read the US news section. I mean, clearly it's a US paper, so therefore it's biased. It's biased not in its editorial bent, although it is. Uh, I didn't mean it that way, but rather it's going to cover those things that are geographically local. And it just popped into my head. I'm sorry, guys. The name of the book is Floating Off the Page, uh, the best stories from the Wall Street Journal's middle column. And what's funny about it is they don't even call it the A-head, I'm sure. But in the book, they actually mention that it's the A-head. Yeah, I wouldn't say that they're, you know, if you're reading the, the journal in Moscow or in Tokyo, I think world news. And if you get your local edition, and frankly, if you choose your edition on the app, there will still be a U.S. news section, but I don't know that I would necessarily recommend you read it, depending upon the industry you're in. Now, if you're in a company that's headquartered in the U.S., that might be good, but not nearly as important as for those many of our listeners who are in the in the States. Yes. So that, that news piece is the general news from industry news and politics to things that are going on in specific companies, like they've announced quarterly results and things like that. But all of the important stories of the day will be in that section. And there's lots of reasons to read that piece. But one of the reasons is that every time you have to make small talk or um, somebody says something to you about current events, you'll have something to say. And you won't have an awkward silence where you think, I have no idea what they're talking about, because you'll be up on everything. Yeah. And if you don't believe us, just go to a couple of meetings where you're with people that are uh, have more broad experience than you, probably are older than you, perhaps have more power in your organization, and have that feeling of, I don't know what they're talking about. And hopefully that put some red in your cheeks and you realize I need to do something. And so you'll start reading more broadly. And for the record, those of you who are technology folks, for instance, I hear this all the time in Silicon Valley. I'll be there tomorrow. They say, yeah, it's small talk. And they use small talk as a way of being dismissive of being um, judgmental about, yeah, I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of small talk, but casual conversation about what's going on in the world is far more important than someone who choose to ignore it would care to admit. First of all, people do it in the same way. Small talk is much like the phrase uh, when you meet someone, let's say I meet somebody at uh, Intel and I I say, oh, you're at Intel. I said, do you know so-and-so? And they may say yes, they may say no. Of course, the joke is Intel's big and the Army's big and Procter & Gamble's big, so no, they probably don't. But that phrase, hey, do you know so-and-so, is an important thing in terms of civilization and culture because they do know them and they think highly of the person I've mentioned. And I've, I've alluded to the fact that I know that person. That is a trust-building exercise between me and somebody I don't know. Same thing is true with consuming the news. Not knowing implies you don't care, implies you don't want to know that you don't care about what, else, what what's happening in the rest of the world, even if it will affect you, you don't care, or 
you literally don't care about the impact of those other people. And as John Dunn said, never send to know for whom the bell tolls, it tolls for thee. You know, if a clod is washed off the peninsula, the continent is the less for it. If one man dies, all mankind is the less for it. And having common ground to talk about news allows us to develop conversational connections with other people. And being devoid of knowledge about that suggests to other people, people who recognize that your company is part of the social fabric, that your organization is part of the social fabric. Organizations exist to serve the society they're in. If you read Drucker, you hear this all the time. Your organization is a societal entity, a social, societal, cultural entity. All results in your organization happen outside the organization and how the organization serves society. If you live in Silicon Valley, you are nonetheless connected to people in China, to people in Malaysia, to people in Moscow, to people in Brazil and Sao Paulo, to people in uh, Quito and so on, in Mexico City. And to not know that is to suggest not just I'm not worldly, but I'm not interested. I don't care about those people. You don't have to know exactly when the tsunami hit. You don't have to know exactly where the earthquake was or how big it was or how earthquake sensing works and so on. But you need to know there was a tsunami. You need to know that there are rescue efforts. You need to know how many people potentially are at risk, how many people are lost and so on. That shows you to be a citizen of the world, which you are. But if you actively don't attempt to understand that, you're saying, I don't want to be which means you're denying part of the reason your company exists. Even if your company is a very narrow, very, very narrowly focused, small organization. Another thing I think about small, small talk is it's fine not to do it or not to want to do it when you're a technologist, but when you're a, an individual contributor, because what you're supposed to be doing is technology. But when you, you become a manager or you become a director and a VP, the relationships become so much more important than the ability to do the technology. And that's when small talk and the ability to build relationships on shared interests becomes more and more important. So even if you think it's useless to you now because you're an individual contributor, it's good to learn to do it now because you'll need it yeah. as you climb the ladder. Yeah, it is assumed that if you're an executive, you're responsible for long-term sustainment of your organization. Long-term sustainment of your organization comes from out validation of your company's mission and value from outside of the company to be devoid of knowledge about the broader world in which your company which your company serves. It's to suggest that you don't have the mentality, the comportment, the desire to be an executive. Simple as that. Ooh, that sounded harsh. But I'm in it, so sorry, guys. Somebody has to tell you this stuff. We've already really implied this, but the U.S. News and the World News both have the same type of articles. U.S. focused on U.S. stuff. World focused on, say, world stuff. <laughs> no, it's, it's so mean that they name them so you can't guess what's in them. Yes, exactly. So the other two sections we talked about were business and tech and technology, and they appear differently in all the different versions. So... On the app, 
there's business and tech, but there's no separate technology section. On the website, there's business and tech, but there isn't both of them together and a technology section. And in the printed version, you get business and tech and you get technology. So depending on which piece you're reading, you may be in one section or in two sections. It's all in there. It's just for some reason, and I can't guess what, they're divided differently. It doesn't matter, right? Whichever way you choose to consume the content, the sections all contain business news that has a technical leaning, I guess. So there was one thing about something that Tesla had newly invented in the one I read a couple of days ago. So it's really about car makers, but Tesla is sort of a technology company, and so it goes in that section rather than the general news. Um, And then there's pure technology things like, you know, scientists have created whatever, or scientists have just found the biggest prime number. Ooh, that's neat. How many, yeah. digits, how many digits does it have? No, don't, don't answer Four that. million. Oh, yes. I love that. I'll tell you the rest of the story later. No, no, no. Don't have time. And, and many of the stories have both the business and the technology or pure tech. And, of course, all the Silicon Valley news is in this section, too. Guys, lest you think that newspapers are old, even if they've moved to iPads and you should get your news and some other source, like, heaven forbid, John Stewart. He's not doing it anymore. It's okay. I know, I know, <laughs> but still, there are people who got their news from a comedy show, which is bad. It's really wrong. It can be terribly funny. It's good. I'm glad. A terribly successful show, and no, really no. But if you think that you can get your news from other sources, um, if you're not getting it from a highly reputable, nationally known news organization, you're not really getting news. And if you assume that these news outlets are not changing, believe me, I mean, 25 years ago, there was no tech section in the Wall Street Journal. I mean, Walt Mossberg, who knows no longer with the uh, uh, the Wall Street Journal, was their personal technology columnist and essentially invented the concept of personal technology columnists converting all the knowledge about the computer world that has happened since roughly 1980 or so into something that can be useful for an individual who's reading. And um, they're changing constantly. There didn't used to be. There used to be only three sections, and two of them were business and finance. (laughs) Um, So the idea that there's tech is something different. And frankly, the Wall Street Journal's technical, technological stuff, personal technology stuff, is highly thought of. Mossberg was considered the king of that for a long, long time. Probably your assumptions, uh, particularly if you grew up in a non-business family, your parents were professionals perhaps, or they were not exposed to managerial executive thoughts, actions, so on. Think again. The paper is... um, its coverage of technical stuff, in my opinion, is really good. It may not be the San Jose Mercury News or TechCrunch, um, but it's outstanding. And TechCrunch and other blogs and so on are outstanding ancillary ways to learn even more if you're in that particular industry. That's it for this week, folks. Come back next week for part two. See you then. Career Tools produces actionable guidance for professionals every week. To receive additional materials via our newsletter and to find products for situations you may face, go to 
managertools.com. Search for Career Tools on Twitter and LinkedIn.